From KUNR Reno Public Radio, this is Priced Out. A podcast about affordable housing. I'm Bree Zender. And I'm Joey Lovato. And this is our first episode of Priced Out. I I guess we should probably introduce ourselves a little bit and explain what the podcast is going to be about. Oh, of course. So a lot of you may hear me every day on Morning Edition, and I'm also a reporter here at KUNR. I'm a, I'm a student reporter here. I'm finishing up my bachelor's degree in journalism from the Reynolds School at UNR, and I also do uh, like feature pieces and some daily pieces every once in a while. The goal of this podcast is to help inform people in northern Nevada and northeastern California about a serious problem that has arisen recently. Affordable housing is getting harder and harder to find, and prices continue to rise in the region. We'll get more into the numbers later. What this podcast is going to do is take pieces that we put on air and give you more information and content that we otherwise couldn't fit if we put it on the radio. And to start off, I thought we could play one of your pieces, Bree. I listened to it earlier and I thought it was a really impactful, powerful piece. Yeah, I decided to do this particular piece to show the human element and how this problem is affecting real families in the area. All right, well, let's roll the tape. to find the people that are affected by the lack of affordable housing in the area, the ones who represent the statistics and percentages. I found three of them, the family in the Days Inn Motel in Carson City, and I followed them for about a month. What's your favorite thing about this place? I love the waffles and the cereal. This is Molly. She's nine years old. When you say waffles, do you mean like the, the free breakfast that you get? Yeah. Are, yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> Molly, her mom Jocelyn, and her big sister Sophie aren't staying at the motel on a vacation. They are here because they were displaced from their rental home in January. Since then, the family has been living temporarily between the motel and a friend's house. Molly's mom, Jocelyn, has lived in northern Nevada for most of her life. They had to leave their previous residence because the landlord had raised the price of rent suddenly. We lived on a, in a trailer on a 20-acre ranch in Fish Springs. We really loved it out there. Four years ago, Jocelyn and her daughters were living in a home her ex-husband owned. Jocelyn says he was violent toward her and it was a struggle for her to leave. This is why KUNR isn't using their last names. I was with him since I had just turned 21, and he's just kind of been in control ever since. I wasn't really allowed to know anything about the bills or anything like that. Jocelyn is a substitute teacher, which landlords often consider an unreliable income when reviewing tenant applications. She says child support payments don't often count as a steady income either. She and her girls have been denied several times, and the average price of rent keeps going up as time goes by. And it's also been very hard getting into housing being a single mom. Single moms are discriminated against all the time. It's like we're nothing without our husbands. I mean, that's that's what it, like, we're, we're a liability if we don't have a man. Jocelyn is hoping the family can move into a rented home. But in the meantime, they've tried to make their motel room feel more like home. They've got a wall tapestry laid out on a nearby table, serving as a tablecloth. There are stuffed animals and extra fuzzy blankets on the bed. I can't actually call a place my own because I don't have a home. I don't own this place. That's Molly again, the nine-year-old. Whenever I'm scared, I think in my head, why don't you just pretend you're at home? But I didn't know what to dream of because I didn't have a home. And this place doesn't exactly feel like home. 
Her sister Sophie is 13. Both say whenever they get stressed out about their living situation, they put their noses into books, mostly in the fantasy genre. And when the pages run out, Sophie says she turns to schoolwork and her friends. Reading's kind of my way of getting away from stuff. Um, At least it's good for my English grade. Molly says her big sister tries to be strong for her. Sometimes when I'm upset, Sophie, Sophie's actually very grown up, and she's still a kid, So, but she, she wants the life of a kid, but sometimes she has to act like an adult. All I really want to do is I want my kids to have a childhood. You know, Molly was talking about how grown up Sophie is. She's too grown up. She's too grown up. That makes me sad, and it makes me feel like I've failed. Jocelyn and the girls stayed in this motel for another week or so. Then, after about two and a half months of living in suitcases, Jocelyn and her daughters found a more permanent home. The family was able to get approved and move into an apartment that's within their price range. All right, so where's your new room at? It's up here. It's a two-bedroom apartment in Carson City with room for their dog, Mac, and all their books. You like to read in here because there's a little light. And there's a little bench right here. Here's our library. This is just part of our library. Jocelyn and the girls are happy here. But Jocelyn still fears she and the girls will be forced out again if the rent prices go up or if she loses her sources of income. Are you proud of yourself? (sighs) No, not yet. I'll be proud of myself. When I have a degree, that'll take me into the workplace anywhere in this country. Then I'll be proud of myself. I'll be proud of myself when I can get my finances together and build my credit up and I can uh, buy a home without help from anybody else. For now, Jocelyn is looking to finish her bachelor's degree to become a teacher or a social worker so she can get a more stable income later on. Bree Zender, Reno Public Radio News. So uh, we just played your story with uh, with Jocelyn um, mm-hmm. in Carson City. What was what was something in the story that you you wanted to include but that you didn't get a chance to? Well, Jocelyn, uh, I asked Jocelyn about her housing situation when she was growing up, and she didn't necessarily have the most stable childhood. Um, her parents split up when she was at an early age, and when she was living with her mom, uh, she. There was a point in her life where she lived in a tent down by the river with her mom. So she didn't necessarily have the best examples in her childhood to exemplify what a stable home looks like. I didn't quite know how to put that into the piece. What was the what was the hardest part about reporting this story? I think it was kind of structuring the story in a way. Because, you know, uh, Jocelyn talked a lot about um, her domestic violence situation and she talked about a lot about like what it was like trying to escape that situation I think it when you put that those parts of the pieces in it it's easy to kind of dwell on it but um 
you know, I, I think the audience could understand without knowing all the details about her situation of just knowing that there was abuse there and she needed to leave. How did you how did you find her? She was one of the people who responded to um, we kind of did a we announced it on the radio. Hey, um, there, there's this problem out there, the a lack of affordable housing in our local area. And, you know, if this is something that you experienced, we we did calls on the radio, online, through Reddit, through um, social media. And we got quite a few responses. Uh, she was one of the people who heard on the radio and she called she called in with with single parents in the area is is do you think it's disproportionate to single parents trying to find uh, like affordable housing around here? Given the situation, I think, yes, I don't know the exact numbers on it. You know, when you only we live in a society where uh, it requires two incomes in order to find, afford a place to live and to be sustainable. And when you only have one income for the most part, you know, Unless you're making triple figures, it's really difficult to find housing and be sustainable and be stable. All right, cool. Well, thanks, Bree. Appreciate it. Thanks, Joey. Now we're going to cut to a uh, debrief that you did with Paul Boger, Bree, about the uh, housing situation on more of a numbers point of view. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, uh, there's just simply not enough housing. A lot of that's due to the fact that so many businesses are moving out here to the area. Uh, Northern Nevada has been able to attract a lot of new businesses, most notably Tesla, Panasonic, Switch. And that's thousands of jobs right there. Then there's the ancillary jobs that have been created by the influx of the new businesses, bringing even more people. So add that to the fact that the area is relatively nice, low taxes, growing arts and culture scene. More people just seem to want to live in Northern Nevada. So it's a supply and demand issue? You know, more people means more money, means more jobs, means greater demands on housing, right? Construction is just not keeping up with the demand. There's been a, ra- there a rapid influx of new residents. And one of the reasons that there's this dearth of construction is because of the recession. In 2009, Nevada was hit hard. It had been the gro- fastest growing state in the nation, and houses were springing up all around the state. And, and just look at Fernley. Uh, at one point, it was the fastest growing town in the U.S., But when the market went belly up, it became the foreclosure capital of the country. And with the glut of housing in the market, construction stopped and construction workers just simply left. And they either switched careers or they went elsewhere to make a living. And since then, they've been very slow to come back. Uh, There's also a question of what type of housing to build. You know, you've got the Reno City Council, and despite their master plan that calls for more urban development, i.e. apartments, they have just continued to push outward further and further from the city center. The county, on the other hand, wants the urban development. They don't want to push uh, resources like water, health care further out into the county. They want things to be inside the McCarran ring. But what do we mean by affordable? I mean, what might be affordable to you and me might not be considered affordable to somebody else. Okay, so the federal government actually has a definition for what they consider affordable. So if 30% or less of your family's income is spent on housing, that's affordable. Any more, and you're considered cost burdened. So to put that in perspective, the National Realtors Association put out some numbers recently that says the median home price for a pre-existing single-family home in Reno is $400,000. And in order to buy that home, a family must make $72,000 a year and have put down a 20% down payment. Now, that's a 21% jump from the same time last year. And that median home price is higher than cities like Boise, Phoenix, Sacramento, Salt Lake City, 
Las Vegas, and it's even higher than cities like Philadelphia, Nashville, Dallas, and Baltimore. And it's also important to remember that these are the numbers specifically for Reno. For areas outside the Valley, say Fernley, Fallon, Dayton, those prices are lower. But there are still issues there like distance from healthcare or water rights issues. And because there are so few people living out in those areas, it's harder for those cities to attract businesses. When you consider Tahoe, on the other hand, prices are much higher, and the problems there are exacerbated by the large number of second homes and vacational rentals like Airbnb and VRBO. It's a problem KUNR has actually looked into before a couple years ago in a series looking at affordable housing in Tahoe called Squeezed Out. And when it comes to rentals, it's really not much better. Last year, Reno had the fourth highest spike in rental prices in the country, which now average around $950 a month. So is there a fix to the problem? Well, that's the million-dollar question, right? I don't think there is any doubt that there's just a lack of homes. Whether it's traditional single-family units or multifamily, high-density apartments, there's just not enough of them. So city and state leaders need to come up with a way to incentivize more construction around the Truckee Meadows. That's first and foremost. There's also a question about what to do with the area's weekly motels. Uh, A lot of them are considered run-down, eyesores. They even pose a threat to public safety. And yet they play a vital role in keeping some of the area's most vulnerable residents off the street, meaning if the weeklies go away, a lot of those folks are going to become homeless. You also have to ask about the role the university plays in all of this. There are roughly 20-some-odd thousand students here at UNR, and only 3,000 of them live on campus. So, I mean, that leaves a lot of students looking for houses and apartments off campus, increasing demands in areas of downtown, midtown, and the traditional single-family houses Uh, in and around the university. So all of these issues play into the area's affordable housing crunch. Thanks for listening to the first episode of Priced Out. If you'd like to learn more about the stories and see pictures and videos, you can visit our website at KUNR.org. The music in today's episode was by Silent Partner, Poddington Bear, and Freedom Trail Studio. And our amazing original theme song is by local Reno band, People With Bodies. Our editor is Michelle Billman, and our digital producer is Michelle Matus. And today's story was reported by me, Bree Zangda. Special thanks today to our reporter, Paul Boger, for telling us more about the Affordable Housing Series. Thanks, Paul. I'm Bree Zender. And I'm Joey Lovato. Thank you for listening.